Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dorm Discussions. Um, let's see if I still remember how to do this. Uh, it's been a while since our last episode, um, and there's a couple reasons for that. I just recently finished my junior year at school, um, so the last couple weeks and months um, were pretty hectic, just finishing up uh, second semester with finals and everything, and I'm also, I've also just been busy with, like, other stuff, too. Um, I'm helping coach an AAU team this summer, and that is, I've been trying to really focus on that, you know, get the most out of that, get the most out of, out of school, um, and then now, I just got home for the summer a couple weeks ago, uh, so, and I've been talking to people, um, about getting back into the podcast, and the thing that I always say is, like, it's, it's there for me when I want to get back into it or when, when I have time to get back into it. Uh, because, you know, when I started this thing, um, it was during COVID. I think it was when I was, we got sent home or it was over, uh, I don't even, I don't even remember if it was during winter break when, um, we weren't going to come back it was after Thanksgiving break and we had the choice to either stay at home for those three weeks until winter break, um, or what, or maybe it was even before that. Uh, but anyway, when I first started it, it was just kind of something to keep me busy. It was during quarantine. And when there was just like, I was stuck at home, there was nothing to do. Um, and you know, Jack, Jack Breen too, you know, he, he was there, um, when we, more kind of conceived the idea of the podcast or whatever and he really helped um you know it was easy just to crank out episodes with him and we were, we kind of went full force at it for a while um but it just get it gets it's a lot you know being a student um and again it like it was originally just something to keep me busy keep us busy uh and you know hopefully now, now it's at the point where it's like trying to figure out how to make time for this within everything else that is important in life, you know, work, school, um, stuff that you just got to do. And then how does this align with that in the future and whatnot? But anyway, I'm, I'm rambling. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be, to be back on the mic. Um, I've got just a little episode today planned out. Um, just going to be talking sports as always uh the N- nba playoffs have been really fun to watch for me uh so i'll kind of preview today i'm recording this by the way it's sunday morning it's 10:30 a.m on sunday so in a couple hours we've got the knicks hawks game tipping off um so i'll kind of preview today's games we've got a full slate of four games and we had a full slate yesterday of four games um so i'll kind of recap those and yeah, that's just kind of the outlook for the episode. I'll, we'll even I'll even touch on on the wild, but um, yeah, take everything I say about hockey with a grain of salt. <laughs> I'm hoping to get a couple friends on soon, um, to kind of give a a better perspective on the wild and their season. Um, I've got a few friends that you know are big into hockey or played or follow it more than I do at least. So yeah, stay tuned for that. But um. Today, I just wanted to get in here and try to try to get one out for you guys. So without further ado, uh, it's been a long intro, but let's get into the episode. 
So as I mentioned, there was four um, playoff games yesterday in the NBA. It started with Milwaukee at Miami, and in that one, the Bucks won 120 to 103, and they completed the sweep of Miami. Um, you know, this was a really impressive showing by Milwaukee, and a really abysmal showing by Miami, uh, who was coming off a finals appearance last year. And it was kind of a surprise run. I think they made it as a five seed last year. But, you know, whenever... And it was, like, basically the same team that that they had last year. So going into the series, I think a lot of people were thinking Miami could give Milwaukee some trouble. Uh, And it just... It was the complete opposite. Milwaukee steamrolled them. They won, like, the past three games by 20 points. They won this... Game four to complete the sweep by 17 points. Um, and they really asserted their dominance and proved to the world that they could still come out of the East. And this this showing has a lot of people, you know, considering Milwaukee is coming out of the, the favorites in the East. Um, and so in game four, Miami was up seven at half. So I, I, I even kind of thought like, okay, you got Jimmy Butler who you know, is so prideful and arrogant. <laughs> uh, there's no way he's going to let his team be sweeped, right? Or swept, I guess. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, he just, and he was terrible all series, just terrible. Um, he shot 30% from the field during series. Uh, and I think, I don't, I think that was before game four, but then I think he went four of 13 yesterday. He scored like 12 points yesterday, um, and I think uh, Duncan Robinson and like Goran Dragic were their best offensive players. So Jimmy Butler, he was just terrible. He, he struggled with his shot, um, and it was, I mean, that really gives them no chance, you know, and um, that's kind of the thing with Miami. There just wasn't enough offense, and they they probably need to look for some signs uh, or a sign, a big sign or two in free agency. Um, and yeah, Tyler Hero, he had a pretty quiet series. Again, Duncan Robinson was their best scorer, um, and Goran Dragic. Uh, so yeah, that, that was, that was hard to watch. And I think it was funny too. I mean, you can say what you want about Jimmy Butler, but he, I have so much respect for him as a player. Uh, you know, he, I don't think he was a very high recruit, uh, he came, he went to Marquette. He, he's just a grinder, you know, and he's everything that you'd want an NBA player to be, where a lot of guys, all you have to do is just play hard and you already have a leg up on 90% of the people in the league who are just coasting. Or I mean, I shouldn't say 90, but yeah, sometimes all you have to do is play hard. And he, nobody ever questioned his heart or, um, you know, his toughness and his desire to win. But, you know, and I think that's who knows what happened in Minnesota. Um, I know a lot of Minnesota fans probably still have some bad blood towards Butler. Uh, And, you know, honestly, I love Cat. (laughs) And uh, but Wiggins, I think, is just I I hate Wiggins, you know, watching him on Golden State, too, um, in the play in game against Memphis where they lost. uh, There was like a sequence where it was an overtime, super good game, and dudes were hitting big threes on both sides, Wiggins wasn't doing much in OT, I think he had a decent series, but anyway, it's like a tie game, two minutes left in OT, 
Um, Steph's been cooking, you know, Wiggins hasn't done much in OT and he gets the ball like five seconds into the shot clock, just hoists up a three and airballs it, you know, and that's Wiggins. Like that's the Wiggins we saw in Minnesota. Um, that's the Wiggins we wanted to trade for D'Lo. Um, so I, you know, I can't really blame Butler for wanting to get out of there. (laughs) He could have done it better. He could have went about it in a more classy way, obviously, but yeah, and then another thing on Jimmy Butler that I kind of noticed or I felt like in the series is he's just too passive. I mean, it's he is like looking to get assists, which I'm all for getting your teammates involved. And, you know, you need your teammates to be playing at their best to win a series. But like at some point, you got to go get a bucket. You know, you're an all star. You're. You're the best player on the team. And it's like he wasn't even looking for a shot. And I'm going to try to pull up the the stats real quick just to see what he did shoot. So he averaged 14.5 points in the series, which was third on the team behind Drogic and Bam. Um, and then he shot, he shot 29% from the field, which on average is 4.8 made field goals. And 16 field goals attempted. So he's shooting 5 of 16 on average. And, you know, if you know anything about basketball, that's garbage. 26% from 3, 1, one of 4. It's just ugly. I mean, he had a, he had a bad series. Um, and, you know, rightfully so. They got swept because of it. And, yeah, so they lost... They lost game one in OT, so they had a chance to steal one at Milwaukee, but they didn't. Then they lost by 34 in game two. Then they lost by, oh boy, 29 in game three. And then they lost by 17. So they just got walked over. Um, I think, you know, again, it's almost even more impressive that they made the finals last year after seeing them this year because... They, like, lack the talent. I mean, they've got some dogs. They've got the right attitude, but seriously, on off, it was hard to watch. I mean, they struggled through it. And, again, Butler, It's a, 90% of that is on Butler. He, he should have been more aggressive. It would have opened things up for his other guys. Um, and you need your best players to be great, and he, he wasn't. So, yeah, but then, again, um, looking at it from Milwaukee's perspective, Giannis said it yesterday. He's like, there's a saying, um, you don't want to play with your food. And he's like, yeah, we didn't want to play with our food. <laughs> so I like that from him. It sounds like he's, you know, hungry. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, there, there was always that narrative about Milwaukee that they can't get it done in the playoffs. I don't think they've been doing Eastern Conference Finals with Giannis. Um, his, his free throw shooting late in games is always going to be a question when it comes in the playoffs. Um but man, yeah, Drew Holiday had a great series. Middleton is solid. Brooke Lopez is solid. They lost Dante DiVincenzo. Um, he might be out for the, I think, the entire playoffs, um, which is a blow. But Brent Forbes has stepped up in a big way. He had, I think, 20-some. He had 22 points yesterday on 7 of 14 shooting from three. So he's a sharpshooter. Um and Pat Connaughton off the bench, or he started. P.J. Tucker off the bench. Bobby Portis off the bench. So, 
yeah, Milwaukee, they look primed to make a run this year. Um, and, you know, their, their next round series against what's most likely is going to be Brooklyn. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, one sec here. Okay, sorry about that. Some YouTube or some video on ESPN because I was looking at the stats started playing. But anyway, I'll, I'll move on from that series. So Milwaukee completes the sweep. Miami, they're going home. Uh, the next game yesterday was Denver at Portland. Uh, that was game four for them. The Blazers won 115-95, to 95, so a 20-point win for Portland. They tied the series at 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Norman Powell tied his playoff career high with 29 points. I think Lillard Lillard shot one of 10 from the field, uh, but still finished with like 10 points, 10 boards, or 10 points, 10 assists, and eight boards. So Norman Powell led the team offensively. Um, they held Denver to 34% from the field and 29% from three. Um, Marcus Howard and there Facunda Campazzo really struggled to shoot the ball I think Marcus Howard was three of ten from the field or from three and then three of 14 from the field and you know if anybody knows anything about Marcus Howard he was arguably the best player in college basketball um, when he was at Marquette I don't know if he's a rookie or what but he would be scoring 40 points 35 points just nightly and he didn't see that you don't see that in college hoops um, and he's been getting more minutes since the Jamal Murray injury, and he had a couple games in the regular season where he really played well and scored the ball well. Um, so it's cool to see him getting getting a chance in the league. Um, but you know he wasn't wasn't shooting well tonight. Yeah, three of fourteen from the field, um, three of ten from three. So yeah, good win for Portland. Um, it's now going back to Denver. Denver keeps home court uh, because they stole one um at Portland as well um and yeah I guess I got nothing really to say on that series um I think this game could easily or this series could easily go to seven games uh you know the the Jamal Murray injury is going to catch up to Denver eventually Jokic is great um probably the front runner for MVP uh just kind of going on a tangent on that so it's Jokic Embiid and Curry as the finalists and I was watching the Philly Washington game yesterday and they were talking about Embiid a little bit and his chances for MVP and it said he has missed like 21 games this year and I the most ever for somebody to win MVP was 24 games missed um so I just I think that will end up hurting Embiid uh as great as he's been Jokic Jokic has been incredible and he hasn't missed games uh and then Steph Curry I mean the things he's done this year I'm just really curious to see where where they go with that decision it'd be so cool to see Steph get it on a team that didn't even make the playoffs like I I would love to see the stat on that when the last time that is that's ever happened um but yeah so yeah Jokic has been great he's gonna need to continue to be great for the uh, Nuggets to look to make a deep run in this postseason. Um, I just think it's this is a really good series, a really balanced series. I could see it going either way, really. I uh, never want to count out Lillard, Dame time, <laughs> in the playoffs. Uh, maybe we'll see some more heroics from him. But, yeah, that addition from of Norman Powell is looking to pay off for the Blazers, too. He's just a scorer. 
29 points on 11 of 15 from the field and 4-4 from 3. So, yeah, he's he's efficient. Uh, Carmelo Anthony coming off the bench, too. It's not bad. If I had to pick, um, pfft, give me Denver. I'm... <laughs> I'm boring, but give me give me Denver. I just think Jokic is he's too good, and Gordon, you know, the addition of Gordon. Michael Porter Jr. played bad yesterday. Um, well, he only got three shot attempts though. What is that? But yeah, so this is uh, that's been another fun series to watch, and it could really go either way. So game five in Portland probably on Monday, so tomorrow. So yeah. Um, that'll be a fun one to watch as it closes out. Then the third game of the day yesterday was Philadelphia at Washington. Uh, and I kind of mentioned that, um, in the Denver and Portland rant, but, uh, yeah, Philly, they went up three zero. Uh, I really wasn't much of a game. I think they ended up winning by like 30, um, and B and Simmons dominated and the Sixers looked damn good. So, I mean the race in the race in the East is is really shaping up to be a good one with Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn. Um, that's those are some. I could see each of those teams making it to the finals. Uh, and given whoever a, a run for their money, whether it's the Lakers, whether it's the um, the Suns, the Jazz, uh, you, you know the. Both, all three of those teams in the East have looked very good, but yeah. So the Sixers ended up winning by 29, and Bede finished with 36. Tobias Harris finished with 20 points, 13 boards, and five assists. And in Game One, uh, Harris had 37 points. Um, so it kind of just shows you on any given night, it could be one of Embiid, Simmons, uh, Harris who could carry the torch offensively. Um, and and then Danny Green had 15 points on 5 of 9 shooting from 3. Uh, Seth Curry had 15 points and 6 assists. So my big, my big takeaway with the Sixers is I love how they have surrounded Embiid and Simmons. Um, you know, they, there's been so much narrative about if those two can play together, and rightfully so. I mean, you got Simmons, who just cannot shoot and is reluctant to shoot um, anything outside of, like, a post hook, uh, let alone a three. So it just kind of clogs up the paint, and you don't really want Embiid just floating around the three-point line, um, even as good a shooter as he is from three. He's so dominant inside. You really want him catching it on the low post and, you know, working out of there. And he shot 14 of 18 from the field yesterday uh, and three of four from three. So that's, I mean, that just goes to show you his dominance. But, you know, if you, you know, so there was always the talk about, oh, the paint is too crowded. Those two can't play together. But then you surround those, those two with Seth Curry, who's one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the league. Um, so, you know, you, the apple doesn't fall fall far from the tree in that family. Um and then you got Danny Green, who we all know what Danny Green does. He's a 3 and D player, and he's one of the best there is. Um, so, again, 5 of 9 from 3 yesterday. I mean, he talk about a guy who knows his role. And then, again, you got Tobias Harris, who 
you know, he led the team in rebounds yesterday, and he led the team in scoring in game one. He's just kind of your Swiss Army knife. He does he does a lot of things for you, uh, and I think he got. I think he's making a lot of money. I think he's a max contract player for Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. So they a lot of people question that and if he is actually a max player. Um, but his his reun, uh, he reunited with Doc Rivers in Philly, and uh, when he was with when he was when Harris was in L.A. with the Clippers and Rivers was there, that's when Harris really kind of came onto the scene. So. It seems like Harris and Rivers have a good connection, and uh, he's getting Rivers is getting some good play out of Harris. Um, so this Sixers team is loaded, uh, and it I, you know their next series against it's either going to be the Knicks or the Hawks. I really don't see either of those teams uh, giving the Sixers much trouble in the next round. So Philadelphia is a team I think I am betting to see in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and then from there, you'd either have to play Milwaukee or Brooklyn. So that's where it really gets interesting. Um, but I could easily see the Sixers making it to the finals. As for the Wizards, um, you know, they don't stand a chance. They're going to get swept. Um, all in all, good season. Really good season for Westbrook uh, in his first year with a new team, with Bradley Beal. Um, he, the, the Russ slander was getting kind of out of hand. I mean, he was so bad in Houston, um, and, you know, people kind of just forgot <laughs> how dominant of a player he really is, um, and so he finished with 26 points, 10 assists, and 12 boards yesterday, even in a 29-point loss, so Mr. Tri- triple-double strikes again. Um, he just passed Oscar Robinson, Oscar Robertson for most triple doubles all time this year. So still a uh, really good season, really good bounce back season for him um, to kind of get, get some respect back on his name. Uh, as for Beal, he had 25 points, uh, six boards, three assists. He didn't shoot the best. He shot 10 of 26 from the field and only one of eight from three. Um, but again, we all know how good Bradley Beal is. He just needs, they just need some help. Um, nobody, oh, okay, yeah. So Daniel Gafford has actually been a bright spot for them. He had 16 points and six boards yesterday. Um, and then Rui Hachimura as well, still a young guy out of Gonzaga. Um, you know, so those are a couple pieces there. But other than that, like Bertans, Alex Len, Robin Lopez, Ish Smith, uh, Raul Neto. Neto went one for 12, all of six from three yesterday. So it's just, they're just not a very good team. Um, but you know, for them to make the playoffs this year, good for them. So, yeah, they're I they're gonna get swept. I don't see them winning Game Four, even at Washington. Um, so yeah, looks like Philly's gonna be moving on in that one. Then the nightcap last night was the Utah Jazz at Memphis, and that series was tied one to one. But Utah came away with the win yesterday. I think it was 121 to 112 as I get it pulled up here. Okay, it was 121 to 111. Um, Donovan Mitchell led the Jazz with 29 points, and he had 10 of their last 14 points in the fourth quarter. And this game was coming down to the wire. Uh, So they needed all they got out of Mitchell late. And um, in their loss in game one, Mitchell didn't play, and he was really frustrated with that decision. Uh, 
it was by either the team doctor because he had missed I don't know however many games like 20 games or so at the end of the season due to a, a ankle ankle injury um so he got held out of game one and the Grizzlies stole stole one in Utah and uh there was a lot of talk in the the media that Mitchell was furious with the decision to keep him out of the game so I'm sh- I know Utah is glad to have him back have their leader back um Mike Conley also had a very good game yesterday in his return to Memphis after he gave Memphis a good eight years of his career. Um, he had 27 points, eight assists, and six boards. Rudy, Rudy Gobert did his typical 15 points, 14 boards, and four blocks. Uh, Royce O'Neal had 12 points, seven boards, and went four of seven from three, and it was like he all of his scoring was in the first half. Um and then Clarkson had 15 off the bench. So this Utah team is just deep. Uh, they can beat you in a lot of ways. They shot 44% from three. I think they're one of, if not the best, three-point shooting teams percentage-wise in the league. So, you know, say a lot of people aren't giving the Utah Jazz much of a chance in the Western Conference. And even as being the one seed and having the best record in the, the NBA... Um, but I mean, I get it and I'm, I'm kind of with those people too. I mean, they're going to be a tough out. There's no doubt about that. And who would they get, um, in their next series? Let's, let's look at that quick. They would get, oh, they'd get the Clippers or Dallas. Um, okay. So the Jazz versus the Clippers or the Jazz versus the Mavs. Okay. If they get. They could win that series. I mean, they could they could easily make the Western Conference Finals, but then you'd probably have to see the Lakers. Um, so, you know, that's LeBron and AD. That's a different animal. But, yeah, that and that Clippers and Mavs series is real interesting. But, yeah, so, you know, Utah, uh, they, I don't know. I don't really know what to think of them. I don't think they're making the finals, but they could also easily make the finals. <laughs> so, that you know that's just what that is um with memphis you know they they're a tough team too i mean they are giving utah a run for their money john morant is special he had 28 points again yesterday after coming off a 41 point performance i believe dylan brooks had 27 points yesterday um so he's had a couple games already this postseason where he has played very well uh, Kyle Anderson had a double-double, 11 points, 13 boards. Valanchunas had a double-double, 10 points and 13 boards. Um, Jaron Jackson needs to step up a little bit, I think. Uh, he shot 3 of 11 from the field and 1 of 5 from 3. He he looks pretty, and his 1-3 he made, it was a bank. So he just kind of looks uncomfortable out there, and I think they really need him to play better uh, to have any hope of not only winning this series but of building something special for the future um if him and Ja could kind of become a one-two punch you know that that is something to build around and they've Grayson Allen they they've got a pretty good bench Grayson Allen had 17 points yesterday uh he shot five of eight from three Desmond Bain out of TCU is a is a pretty good bench asset D'Anthony Melton is pretty good. Tyus Jones, the Minnesota native, um, and Brandon Clark. So they they run pretty deep um, depth-wise. 
but again not not necessarily something that's gonna scare the utah or you know they're not gonna win the series um i there's they're just they're a young team you know they're they've got potential but not gonna translate to immediate success this year but yeah in that one i'll probably take jazz and in six i could see memphis stealing one more game but then the real question is how the jazz are gonna fare um in the next round against the clippers or mavs and if they are for real and a team to beat in the western conference so that was yesterday's action in the nba playoffs and then looking forward to today we've got another good four games two out of the east and two out of the west and it starts with as i mentioned uh the knicks at the hawks um and that's been that's been a pretty good series too the the hawks lead 2-1 so they have home court advantage um and if they win today they could go back to msg with a chance to to move on and clinch the series um and then they would end up facing philly uh but the real the big takeaway for me in this series is with the Knicks, they're just their struggles on offense. Julius Randle has been terrible, and I mean terrible, <laughs> for, uh, with his shot. He's shooting 24.1% from the field, so that's not too good. Um, and then he's shooting 30% from three. And Julius Randle has had a hell of a season. He won Most Improved Player, and it was well-deserved. But they need him to be better, um, and that's there's just no no way around that Derek Rose has led the Knicks in scoring in this series he's just coming off a 30 point game in in game three um he's leading them I think he's averaging 24 points per game and then Alec Burks is number two on the team so Julius Randle led the team in scoring all season long um and now he's he's third on on the chart and I'm gonna try to pull up some of his stats because again it's been like terrible and I don't know why that is why and I just don't think his his game translates that well to the postseason and you know I'm probably overreacting the world is probably overreacting but it's bad so he's averaging 18 field goal attempts per game and he's making 4.3 of them so he's shooting 4 of 18 from the field on average so I mean seriously 24% is just terrible and he's taking the second most shots on the team, Derrick Rose is taking 19.3, but they they are struggling with offense. Um, and when you've got Alec Burks, journeyman, you know, leading your team, and I think he had like 27 points in game one or something. Um, and Derrick Rose, you know, huge shout out to Derrick Rose though. The way that he is, continue to evolve his game, um, turning himself from one of the most electrifying MVP uh, seasons we've ever seen, and then suffering all of his injuries, and it seemed like he was at the lowest of the lows, and then now he's back being a a key contributor on a playoff team um, in New York, of all places, playing in MSG. I mean, it is just so cool to watch. Um, I still think about his 50-point game that he had with the Wolves. Um, he did have a 50-point game with the Wolves, right? I'm not wrong on that. Um, I, someone correct me if I am. But, yeah, so I, I think everybody kind of has a soft spot for Derrick Rose, and it's it's great to see um, see him do what he's doing. But, yeah, 
I mean, that's that's just all it is for the Knicks. Julius Randle has to be better. R.J. Barrett's averaging 11 points per game in this series. He has to be better, shooting 34% from the field. And so that's just your two best players all year long. Again, not showing up right now in the playoffs for the Knicks. Um, they, they have been a fun story this year, though. Um, you know, the, the fact that they're a four seed. Uh, again, I give a lot of credit to Coach Thibodeau. Um, he, he was another guy who it just didn't really work out in Minnesota. Um, and a lot of people think his coaching style is super tough and, uh, you know, how well does it translate with younger players or how well does it get communicated? But clearly he's doing something right with the Knicks and they've been known for their defense. Um, I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the league all year long, but yeah, I mean, if you can't score the ball, you're not going to be able to win. So, But it is good to see uh, the Knicks good. It's good for the NBA. It's good for fans. It's good to see MSG rocking in the playoffs. It's good to see Spike Lee on the sidelines. It's good to see the celebrity at the games. Like, it's it's just it's awesome to see the Knicks in the playoffs. But they're having a tough time against the Hawks right now. So um, we'll see how things go in game four today. But for the Hawks... Um, I've just been really impressed with Trey Young, and the the lights have not been too bright to him. Um, I I don't know if this is his first playoff appearance, or um, and I don't really feel like looking it up at the moment. <laughs> but either way, I was just kind of worried that the lights were going to be too bright for him. I was worried, um, you know, he was just going to struggle with turnovers and be playing sloppy, but. He, I don't know, he's proved me wrong. He's averaging 27.7 points per game and 10.3 assists per game through, through three. Um, so if anything, he's elevated his play. He's shooting 43% from three, uh, 48% from the field. So if you look at Trey Young and then you look at Julius Randle, the best player on each team, it's no wonder the Hawks are up 2-1 in the series. Um, and, and the Hawks have been getting contributions from a lot of places. Bogdanovich... DeAndre Hunter has returned from injury um, and has been contributing and starting. Uh, Clint Capella, you know what you're going to get out of him. Lou Will has even had a couple good games off the bench. Danilo Gallinari, um, Kevin Herter. So they've got pieces, man, and they, I maybe didn't give them enough credit coming into the the playoffs. Uh, So I think think the the Hawks could easily come away with the series. and, you know, if Julius Randle continues to struggle the way he is, uh, I easily have the Hawks coming out of the series. But, yeah, so that'll be a fun, a really fun first game to watch today. And then at 2.30, uh, we've got maybe America's um, favorite series in the first round, uh, Phoenix and the Lakers. And Phoenix is at Los Angeles today. Uh, the Lakers hold a 2-1 series lead. Um, they're coming off a win. I think it was 109-95 to 95 in Game 3. Uh, AD has really stepped up after having an abysmal Game 1. Um, I can't remember what he did in Game 1. I'll pull up his stats here in a second. But yesterday he had 34 points. Or not yesterday, but in Game 3. He had 34 points and 11 boards on 11 of 22 shooting. LeBron has really started to assert his dominance again. Um, he had 21 points, 9 assists, 6 boards. Um, 
he had a nasty spin move in reverse on Jay Crowder that was all over the internet. Um, and then, but yeah, let me go to game one real quick because, I mean, a lot of people were freaking out. No, not freaking out, but just like, okay, what's going on with the Lakers? Um, what's going on with AD after game one? Because, you know, they had to, the fact that they were in the play-in game, like that is nuts to me. Um, and they should have lost to the Warriors, honestly. Uh, but LeBron hit that lucky three, and then he's talking about, oh, I was seeing three rims. I just shot for the middle one. Yeah, okay, buddy. Miss me with all of that garbage. <laughs> um, and that's another point I wanted to make about this series is like, as good as this series is, it's been it's been like boring for me to watch. Like I hate watching it because. On one end, you got LeBron James flopping every play, um, and 90% of the time, the refs are going to give him the call, uh, and I don't blame the refs. I mean, if I'm refing LeBron, I'm going to give him foul calls too. Like, it's LeBron. It's the king. But he, I think LeBron abuses that. I think a lot of guys abuse that in the NBA today. Harden being another one. Trey Young flops on his floaters, and, you know, it's just it's just the way of the league. If they're going to give you those foul calls, you know, people swiping through on three-point shots and trying to get threes like it's just and then you got on the other end you got Chris Paul who was flailing around you know and he he hurt his shoulder now um but yeah that so from this series LeBron is always complaining Chris Paul's always complaining it's, but whatever that's just a little rant I wanted to go on about that series but yeah so in game one Anthony Davis had 13 points and seven rebounds on five of 16 shooting, um, all of two from three. And he just, he didn't look very engaged. And that was one of the most concerning things. Um, and he, he said it in the press conference after game one, he's like, if we're going to win the series, if we want to be as good as we are, I'm going to need to play better. And he has, and he has responded in a big way in game two, he had 34 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, three blocks, like, that's the AD that we got used to seeing. That's the top five Anthony Davis, top five player in the league that the Lakers are going to need. Um, LeBron had 23 points, nine assists in game two um, in a win at Phoenix. So the Lakers are back. I they're, they're my pick still to come out of the West just because I refuse um, to bet against LeBron James. I, I have picked against the Lakers before and or picked against LeBron before and it, it usually doesn't go well so until I see something you know drastic happen or if Phoenix can really pull it off then sure but the Lakers give me the Lakers all the way and I I will take that uh to the grave <laughs> but um yeah for Phoenix you know I just think I just feel bad for him really you know it's such a tough draw for them in after having finishing number two in the West, you know, they had such an incredible regular season finishing 51 and 21. Um, and then you get stuck facing LeBron James and AD in round one because of injury. They had injury and they end up finish, finishing seventh in the West. So just feel bad for them, but their time is coming. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the Chris Paul acquisition has worked out really well for them. Devin Booker continues to look like an, a all-star who's going to be an all-star and superstar for a long time in this league he had 34 points in, a, in his in the game one win um eight assists seven boards uh 13 of 26 from the field 
just a a flamethrower from three, one of the best scorers in the league. He's got a good mid-range game. Um, he, he's getting better at getting to the hoop, uh, getting better at playmaking. I mean, he he's the real deal. He is so fun to watch. Um, and Phoenix is, I think, kind of a fan favorite team. And I really like Phoenix. I'm, I'm on board with that. So, yeah, we'll see how the game goes today. Uh, L.A. has a chance to take a 3-1 series lead. At home, it's hard to see the Lakers really lose. Um, but, yeah, we'll see if Phoenix uh, can, you know, and, again, Phoenix is a tough team to beat. So uh, we'll see how the game goes today. Then the third game today, which I believe will tip off around 6 p.m., is Brooklyn at Boston. And the, the only question I really have about that game and that series is how many times is Jason Tatum going to be able to drop 50 points because that's what it's going to take for Boston to to win the series. <laughs> um, I think he dropped 50 points. Well, I know he dropped, he dropped 50 points in the playing game against the Wizards too. I'm going to pull it up just to make sure. Yeah, he had 50 points on the dot in the play-in game, and then he dropped 50 points in game three against Brooklyn. Um, and that was their first win of the series. I thought Boston was going to get swept. I thought there was no chance. Um, they weren't getting swept without Jalen Brown. Um, but, and then, and then Tatum does that. And then I, Tatum is like an enigma to me because I, I, I will never question his offensive ability, his ability to score the ball. I mean, he's six, eight, he he's a gifted shooter. He uh, got another guy who's got a great mid-range game. He's super creative with side steps and step backs, and he's got a, a high release so he can shoot over people. Um, very you know similar to KD in, in some ways like that on offense. Um, but he, I just wish he was a little more efficient sometimes. And he's he's kind of one of those guys who. I don't think I would really like playing with him um, just because he's kind of a ball stopper, um, you know, and like a lot of his offense comes out of isolation sets. And and sometimes I feel like that almost hurts a team when you have no ball movement. And um, it's like I, what I was talking about with, with Jimmy Butler. Like, yes, you need to, in his case, yes, you need to, get your teammates involved so they are playing at a higher level an elevated level and when when your teammates feel confident and you're giving them a chance to be confident um then that is only going to give you a better chance to win but in Tatum's case um it's it's almost like he needs to understand more that if you are just isolating and nobody's going to get mad at him if he's dropping 50 points, obviously. But if, if he has one of those games where he shoots like two of 15 or five of 20 or something, where he's not making his shots, then it's like, if I'm off the ball and I'm just standing still while he's just doing that and shooting like 20% from the field, then yeah, I'm kind of pissed. But you, then again, if I'm the guy off ball, it's like, okay, wait, we need Tatum to be great you know, so it's like a double-edged sword with him, um, and he still has those games where he'll shoot really poorly from the field, um, but, you know, whatever, he, we all know how gifted he is, the fact that he has two 50-point games in his last four games, like, are you kidding me with that, 
Um, another guy who's really great at getting to the foul line. He, he's a three-level scorer. Um, but, yeah, so I, I thought Boston was going to get swept. So good for them that they got one. Um, Brooklyn's going to win this series. They're too damn good. Even in the loss, Harden had 41 points and KD had 39. So they combined for 80 points <laughs> in those two. Kyrie didn't play great. Um, he, and he was getting booed in Boston and who knows if that played into it. Who knows how with emotional, how emotional Kyrie is, <laughs> you know, um, but I don't want to make that a narrative. I mean, he'll be fine. Um, and I, I, I honestly love Kyrie. Um, so yeah, I really don't want to start any narrative there, but I, I think Brooklyn was my pick originally to come out of the East just with I mean, how could you pick against KD, Harden, and Kyrie? Um, you got three guys who you can just say, here's the ball, go get me two points or three points, and they're going to do it. Um, and a lot of teams just aren't going to be able to match that offensively. And then you got Joe Harris sitting in the corner, um, three-point contest champion. He's shooting 48% from three in the playoffs on eight attempts per game from three. Like... Harden's at 46% from three on nine attempts. I mean, that's just going to be, that's going to be tough to beat. Um, I don't know, defensive struggles and all, you know, lacking a big or whatever, you know, Blake Griffin, he, I don't know. I mean, he is kind of washed. <laughs> He's only averaging five points since being in the postseason, at least. Um, Jeff Green, he, yeah, he got hurt, so he missed last game. And then Nico Claxton is getting more minutes, but I don't think any of that matters when you have KD, Harden, and Kyrie each averaging over 20 points per game right now. KD at 32.3, Harden at 27.3. But anyway, you, you get the point. They can score the ball. And sometimes when you got three a big three like that, good luck. Um, so, yeah, their next series against Milwaukee, that's going to be an interesting one, a tough one. So they, they have a tough road to the finals. There's no doubt about that. But... Um, I could easily, easily see the Nets winning, winning it all, really. And they were my pick out of the East to start with. So I'm, I'm sticking with them, and um, I look for them to get uh, another win today in Boston and end up going three-one. Um, and then ideally, or you know, maybe maybe they close it out in in Game Five at back at Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, we'll see how how the Nets. Uh, and Celtics game goes. And finally, to wrap up uh, the NBA playoff talk, we've got the nightcap, the LA Clippers at the Mavericks. And uh, the road team has won every game in this series so far, so kind of one of those uh, fluky series. But the Mavs are up 2-1. The Clippers are coming off a Game 3 win in Dallas. but Luca, Luca has been the the main storyline in this series. He's been absolutely incredible. He's averaging 38, eight boards and nine assists through three games. Um, and I don't. And then you surround Luca. They've just got shooters. I mean, Tim Hardaway, Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Richard Richardson is a good three and D guy. Chris Stops, obviously, Maxi Kleba, uh, Jalen Brunson is is a very good backup point guard so the Mavs are solid and that's another team I feel like I really didn't give give enough credit I think a lot of people were just kind of um assuming the Clippers were going to move on um 
And a lot of people want to see that Clippers-Lakers uh, matchup. And the La- I, I think the Clippers got a lot of slack because they basically tanked like the last week or two of the regular season to try to avoid uh, being on the bracket with the side of uh, the Lakers. Um, they were sitting Kawhi. They were sitting PG. So now they would have to get Utah in the next round. Um, and a lot of people were wondering if that was intentional or what. But, yeah, now it, it could come back to bite them in the ass if they can't even get past Dallas. Um, and I think this is a case where, like, if you have a player like Luka Doncic on your team, literally anything is possible. Like, um, I kind of think about it in terms of Steph Curry at Davidson. Um and how they got to the final four uh, mid-major from the A-10. It's like you, if you have a player like Luka who could be the best player on the floor on any given night, you will always have a chance. And he's going to need to continue to be incredible for them. But who's going to put it past Luka? I mean, he's already asserted himself as a top five player in the league. Um, he's arguably the face of the NBA for years to come uh, once, you know, LeBron and, and those guys um, kind of age and, and grow out of the league um, and retire eventually. Yes, LeBron is going to retire. <laughs> um, but yeah, Luka, um, he, he has been spectacular and he's he is the reason that the Mavs hold the 2-1 series lead. For the Clippers, I don't think they're playing bad or anything. I mean, Kawhi's been really good. Paul George has even been pretty good. Um, they've got good good pieces around them. Marcus Morris, uh, good shooter. Reggie Jackson, you know, good score. Uh, Rondo, they added Rondo, you know, Serge Ibaka. Um, but, again, I think it's just a case of, like, you maybe underestimated what you were going to get in a series with Dallas. Like you have to be on on top of your game if you want to advance. Um, so the, the Clippers might not even get a chance to, to face the Lakers or uh, to make it out of the first round. And then if that were to happen, if they end up losing to Dallas, I just wonder if this is, if this is do or die for the Clippers. If after this season, Paul George decides he wants to, uh, try a different situation you never know with Kawhi um, you know Ty Lue's a first year coach so I don't know what what the chemistry is like over in in Los Angeles for the Clippers so I just wonder if this this short experiment they've had with Kawhi and PG to try to combat AD and and uh, LeBron um, in the other LA team uh, if it's just been a failure um if they they blew a 3-1 series lead last year in the playoffs and now they might not even make it out of the first round, uh, that's a tough look. So I wonder if it's just going to be a, a, a short experiment for those those two uh, in, in L.A. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how game four goes. I, I would like to think the Clippers are still going to pull it off um, just because in a seven game series, Luca is going to need to be incredible. And I think Kawhi is still, um, one of the best, well, the best two way player in the game. Um, so yeah, I, I think the Clippers will, will pull it off today and tie it up two two. but this is another series that, uh, you'll want to watch. Um, it's, it's been some really good play and it, 
it has the chance to go to go to game seven for sure um, and shape up to be a really tight series. So, yeah, that's that's the rundown of the, the first round so far of where we're at with the NBA playoffs. Um, I've been having a lot of fun watching all of these series. Uh, there's been a lot of good individual play and team play. Um, and I'm looking forward through the summer uh, to see who comes out as champions um, and, and wins the NBA finals. So really looking forward to that. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to wrap up the the NBA playoffs talk and we'll transition into a little bit of of NHL with the Minnesota Wild losing in game 7 to the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, and I'll I'll keep this brief because again, I don't really know what I'm talking about when it comes to hockey. Um but I did watch game 7 uh with a few buddies. It was you know, a tough game. I think it was tied 1-1 and then maybe it was tied 2-2 or or what um but it it was a lot of fun to watch well the game wasn't I mean once we lost but it was cool to see the wild in the game seven um I didn't think we were supposed to be this good this year it sounded like it was maybe kind of like a rebuilding year um Kaprizov obviously uh he was great sound I think he was a rookie um kind of an older rookie or something though but but yeah, so and then with the Vegas Golden Knights, the only thing I have to say about them is like how are they already so good? I mean, they made the Stanley Cup in their first season last year, right? As an expansion team. So my question is just with like the expansion team. Like how do you how do you end up making the Stanley Cup in your first season and then now you're like the number two team in the league or something and have a good chance to be back there again. And one of their best players, Alex Tuck played for the wild. Um, so they poached him off our team and then now they might win, win a Stanley cup. Um, I don't think they won it last year. Maybe they did even. Um, but yeah, that's, that's crazy to me, the whole expansion team thing. And then you're just unreal in your first year. Um, the, the golden Knights coach, I think it's like Peter DeBrewer, I saw a stat that he was he's six and zero now in game sevens, so I'm not sure that the Wild really stood a chance in that one. But again, it was super cool to see them in a game seven with a chance to move on. Uh, it sounded like the Avalanche were going to be a pretty tough matchup in the next series anyway. But yeah, I'll leave it at that for the Wild. And again, hopefully, I'll get uh, somebody on sometime soon to go more in depth into their season and and how. Um, how we kind of view their season uh whether it was a success or a surprise or what but yeah hopefully that'll happen soon well if you're still here uh thanks for making it this long um it was a lot of fun to get back back on the mic and record an episode here i'm excited to get this one out uh hopefully it'll be out by monday morning um so yeah and then tomorrow's memorial day i hope everybody has a good long weekend um thanks to to all the troops out there obviously um and yeah so that's that's really all i got for you uh thanks to everybody listening um if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and if you feel like writing a a review please feel free to do that um i'd I'd be greatly appreciated any feedback you might have um but yeah, stay tuned for hopefully more episodes in the near future. But uh, anyways, thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time.